Day nine, the second story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio, translated by J. M. Rigg. Day nine, the second story. An abbess rises in haste, and in the dark, with intent to surprise, an accused nun abed with her lover thinking to put on her veil she puts on instead the breeches of a priest that she has with her the nun espying her head-gear and doing her to wit thereof is acquitted and thenceforth finds it easier to foregather with her lover so ended philomena and when all had commended the address shown by the lady in ridding herself of the two lovers that she affected not, and contrariwise had censured the hardihood of the two lovers as not love but madness, the queen turned to Elisa, and with a charming air, Now, Elisa, follow, quoth she, whereupon Elisa began on this wise. Dearest ladies, was cleverly done of madonna francesca to disembarrass herself in the way we have heard but i have to tell of a young nun who by a happy retort and the favour of fortune delivered herself from imminent peril and as you know that there are not a few most foolish folk who notwithstanding their folly take upon themselves the governance and correction of others so you may learn from my story that fortune at times justly puts them to shame which befell the abbess who was the superior of the nun of whom i am about to speak you are to know then that in a convent in lombardy of very great repute for strict and holy living there was among other ladies that there wore the veil a young woman of noble family and extraordinary beauty now Isapetta, for such was her name, having speech one day of one of her kinsmen at the grate, became enamoured of a fine young gallant that was with him, who, seeing her to be very fair, and reading her passion in her eyes, was kindled with a like flame for her, which mutual and unsolaced love they bore a great while, not without great suffering to both but at length both being intent thereon the gallant discovered a way by which he might with all secrecy visit his nun and she approving he paid her not one visit only but many to their no small mutual solace but while thus they continued their intercourse it so befell that one night one of the sisters observed him take his leave of isabetta and depart albeit neither he nor she was aware that they had thus been discovered the sister imparted what she had seen to several others at first they were minded to denounce her to the abbess one madonna usimbalda who was reputed by the nuns and indeed by all that knew her to be a good and holy woman but on second thoughts they deemed it expedient that there might be no room for denial to cause the abbess to take her and the gallant in the act so they held their peace and arranged between them to keep her in watch and closest pile that they might catch her unawares of which practice isabetta recking 
witting not it so befell that one night when she had her lover to see her the sisters that were on the watch were soon ware of it and at what they deemed the nick of time parted into two companies of which one mounted guard at the threshold of isabetta's cell while the other hasted to the abbess's chamber and knocking at the door roused her and as soon as they heard her voice said up madam without a delay we have discovered that isabetta has a young man with her in her cell now that night the abbess had with her a priest whom she used not seldom to have conveyed to her in a chest and the report of the sisters making her apprehensive lest for excess of zeal and hurry they should force the door open she rose in a trice and huddling on her clothes as best she might in the dark instead of the veil that they wear which they call the psalter she caught up the priest's breeches and having clapped them on her head heed her forth and locked the door behind her saying where is this woman accursed of god and so guided by the sisters also agog to catch isabetta a sinning that they perceived not what manner of headgear the abbess wore she made her way to the cell and with their aid broke open the door and entering they found the two lovers abed in one another's arms who as it were thunderstruck to be thus surprised lay there witting not what to do the sisters took the young nun forthwith and by command of the abbess brought her to the chapter house the gallant left behind in the cell put on his clothes and waited to see how the affair would end being minded to make as many nuns as he might come at pay dearly for any despite that might be done his mistress and to bring her off with him the abbess seated in the chapter house with all her nuns about her and all eyes bent upon the culprit began giving her the severest reprimand that ever woman got for that by her disgraceful and abominable conduct should it get wind she had sullied the fair fame of the convent whereto she added menaces most dire shamefast and timorous the culprit essayed no defence and her silence begat pity of her in the rest but while the abbess waxed more and more voluble it chanced that the girl raised her head and espied the abbess's headgear and the points that hung down on this side and that the significance whereof being by no means lost upon her she quite plucked up heart and madam quoth she so help you god tie up your quaff and then you may say what you will to me whereto the abbess not understanding her replied what quaff lewd woman so thou hast the effrontery to jest thinkst thou that what thou hast done is a matter meet for jests whereupon madam quoth the girl again i pray you tie up your quaff and then you may say to me whatever you please which occasioned not a few of the nuns to look up at the abbess's head and the abbess herself to raise her hands thereto and so she and they at one and the same time apprehended isabetta's meaning 
wherefore the abbess finding herself detected by all in the same sin and that no disguise was possible changed her tone and held quite another sort of language than before the upshot of which was that twas impossible to withstand the assaults of the flesh and that accordingly observing due secrecy as theretofore all might give themselves a good time as they had opportunity so having dismissed isabetta to rejoin her lover in her cell she herself returned to lie with her priest and many a time thereafter in spite of the envious isabetta had her gallant to see her the others that lacked lovers doing in secret the best they might to push their fortunes end of day nine the second story